here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rivers Corbett, and I am so lucky to be the host of this amazing, amazing podcast with a great team behind us, and we continue to get just epic guests, and today is no different. We're thrilled to introduce an ambitious young leader with passions for consumer and digital marketing, technological innovation, and communication. I love the script writers. Eric Mercer currently heads up content and marketing at DX3, Canada's leading technology, digital marketing, and retail event. With over 40 speakers and 4,000 attendees, DX3 is an immersive and educational experience that is centered around changing the world of digital marketing and retail. Prior to DX3, get this, pay attention, lean in, Eric directed sales and business development at Stinson Design, where he had the privilege of working with global organizations such as Red Bull. And I, I got to there's a folklore around Red Bull, so I want to ask him about that. Uh, Walmart, uh, Beam Suntory, and Estee Lauder. Eric was also classically trained in consumer marketing at Procter & Gamble. So cool. From his time of brand management and marketing, Eric has accumulated a great depth of consumer and marketing knowledge and brings very informed vision on how consumer experience looks like and should look like in the future. So get your pen and paper, do whatever it is to take notes, because this is going to be a great ride. Right, welcome to the show, Eric Mercer. Thank you so much, Rivers. Great to have you here. So, uh, first of all, uh, can you tell us? It's let's presume you're talking about the future. That it's 35, 40 minutes from now. What's the what's the takeaway you want our our, our listeners to have from the conversation? Yeah. So, I think that there's uh, there's a few things. Um, one is just the value in no matter where you are in your career, in understanding the developments in technology that are happening uh, around you. And I think that it's uh, it's very easy to kind of look at what you know what is the future going to hold in like, you know, five or 10 years. Um, it's much harder to kind of dive in and, and look at, okay, what's happening right now 
and what do I need to be aware of in my day to day? So that's number one. It's just the value of, of understanding that and, and the opportunities it can, it can present to you in your career. Right. And then the second thing is the value of kind of getting out of the office, getting out of your day to day routine mm. and getting out to an event uh, like DX3, not necessarily DX3 itself, but uh, you know, there's in any city, there's obviously lots of events like this. And there's a ton of value in getting out to one of those um, for, for two things. One is, you know, it can help you develop your own uh, sort of skills and, and, you know, become better at your job. And secondly, it can provide opportunities for your career development in the long term and, and opening up your network. So I think I those it. are the two areas I'd, I'd love for people to kind of walk away with. Very cool. So talk, let's dive in. What's DX3? What's the what's the you know the value proposition re- behind it? And where where do you physically hold the uh, the, uh, the the event? Yeah, absolutely. So DX3 is Canada's largest digital marketing and retail event. Um, we happen once a year, uh, usually in early March. Um, you know, in this at the time, the time of this recording, um, we're in 2018. It'll be uh, March 7th and 8th, uh, and it's okay. it's in downtown Toronto at the Metro Toronto right. Convention Center. So we rent out um, one of the halls in the North Building. Cool. And uh, and our goal is to help educate marketers and retailers on, as I mentioned before, on the world of technology as it relates to their industries and how it's mm-hmm. changing the way they're going to do business. So we do that in kind of three areas. The the first area is our session content. So that's where we bring in you know great speakers from around the world uh, to come in and kind of share what they're doing in their spaces. Uh, yes. The second is our show floor, where we have uh, nearly 100 exhibitors that are all sort of service providers or people that can kind of help solve the problems of the modern marketer. Uh, and then the third is some of the networking opportunities we have there at, at DX3. So the ability to meet other peers in the industry that you work in uh, and trying to make some of those connections. Very cool. Do you, when you're, when you're uh, taking applications for the uh, the exhibitor floor, is there a, a vetting process? Uh, you know, you see you see a lot of lot of organizations, and I'm, I'm look. I, I know you guys are the prominent uh, organization in the country, but I see so many people that just take people because oh, they're good, they want to buy space. Do you uh, do you make that? Now you're not a really a fit. Yeah, it's funny. We, luckily, because of the reputation the event has, and because of the um, very clear audience that it draws, there tends to be a lot of actually sort of self-filtering. We don't get oh, a cool. ton of people that actually apply that aren't really good fits. Um, I find that you know, oftentimes we get that more on the speaking side. People just want to get up in front of this audience, uh, and sometimes there aren't there aren't great fits. But on the exhibitor side, you know, people that are going to invest in their business to kind of come uh, and be in front of this audience, we typically do get people that are good fits, uh, mm-hmm. and we we have a we have a great um, sales and sponsorship team that are there to kind of work with them to make the events successful for them. So, um, you cool. know, I'm not aware of anybody who's who's come across and, you know, it just really isn't a good fit, but I'm sure if that were to happen, uh, you know, our folks on that team would, would definitely be able to kind of help direct that person to the right event for their business. Yeah, I love it. So what is the, what is the director of content and marketing do? And you are the director of, of, uh, content and marketing. Uh, what's your, what's the, your responsibilities in that role? Yeah. So first and foremost, um, my role is to find the best speakers for DX3. Um, you know, those, those are the uh, attendees that come to DX3 and, and decide to purchase an all access pass because they want to get in and, and listen to some of these speakers. Uh, my, yes. my job is to provide the best value and the most, um, well-rounded content plan over the course of those two days. So not only am I trying to find the the biggest and best speakers, but I'm also trying to work with them to make sure that their content is really delivering on what DX3 is all about, which is 
what do I take away from this conference being here for two days that I can go back to my desk uh, at the end of the week and start implementing right away? You know, a lot Very of, cool. a lot of conferences you walk away and you go, that was amazing, but now yeah. what? Right. So, yeah. so that's my kind of main filter. And then, uh, and then on the marketing side is, is to promote that and, and let people know, Hey, here's what you're going to learn if you, if you choose to come out to this uh, and, and kind of get people in the community excited about it. Can you talk about the, the attendee at the DX3? So what is your, the profile? Yeah, sure. So, you know, given that we're talking about kind of speakers um, and, uh, and, and, and the content side of it, the, the audience that kind of falls within our all-access pass group, it divides nicely into sort of four quarters. Uh, and the first quarter are sort of large uh, brands, uh, consumer brands. So we get we get companies like Unilever, Procter and Gamble, Nestle. We'll also get people from the the technology sector, so folks like Samsung and stuff like that. And they're bringing out um, kind of their middle management folks. And I, well, I shouldn't say middle management. We have people from uh, the manager level, the director level, and the VP level. Um, so we get a bit of a breadth and oftentimes we'll get more of a whole marketing team that will come to the event. So that's kind of the first quarter of our audience. The second quarter is kind of the equivalent folks, but on the retail side. So we get, you know, large teams that come out um, from some of Canada's largest retailers. So Walmart usually has a big showing. So does Loblaws. Um, and kind of within that half that I've just mentioned, so our retailers and brands, we also get to see a lot of people from companies that I would consider both. So companies like Lululemon or Roots, right. where they're both a brand and a retailer, um, you know, they'll send out folks. Uh, so that's 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 the first half of the audience. The second half, uh, again, we, I mentioned they were kind of in quarters. The um, the third quarter uh, are the agency folks. So right. agencies of all types, creative agencies, uh, media buying agencies, agencies that specialize in specific areas of marketing or technology. Um, and typically with them, we tend to we tend to skew a little more on the senior side. So we do get some C-level folks that come out um, from the agency world. And generally speaking, they are there to either bring their clients, uh, meet new clients, or understand what their clients or prospective clients mm-hmm. are thinking about, right? Uh, and then that final quarter is, uh, is it's mainly tech companies. So DX3 prides itself on having um, a big contingent from the startup community in Toronto uh, come out. So mm-hmm. we've got partners like the DMZ, Communitech, um, you know, PayPal every year brings out our uh, our uh, startup zone. So we have a bunch of startups that are, that are there as well as some of your larger technology companies. So we have teams that'll that'll come out, people from Google, people from uh, companies like this year, we'll have, we'll have some folks out from Amazon. Um, so Shopify has always has always been there in the past as well, uh, and then kind of that that makes up you know the majority of that quarter, and then the last little bit is you know your publishers, your government uh, officials, and and some investors that decide to to come out to DX3. So does that does Oops. that kind of answer your, your question? Oh, it totally does. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole with it, so it's good. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> so um, the uh, when 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 I mean you're living in a world uh, that typically people don't naturally connect with, uh, you know, online technology. If I could call it the online world or technology, it's bricks and mortar. You walk through the door, you see the dress, you see the pot, you see uh, the books on the shelf. Um, What's the biggest challenge facing retailers this uh, today as it relates to technology? And how are you guys with your conference trying to help address that? Sure. So I think that there's there's a couple different areas that we could dive into in terms of the challenges that face retailers. Um, the first area that I'd like to kind of look at is the challenge of the the buying process being taken out of the store. 
And there, there are uh-huh. two two major technologies that I'm seeing uh, being developed uh, and you know making lots of lots of headlines right now that that pose that that sort of I wouldn't call it threat but sort of change to the way that retail is conducted. The first of those is voice. Um, uh, so as you've seen in the last year, and then now we finally got them in Canada. Uh, you know, the uh, the Google Home or the Google Home Mini, as well as yes. the Amazon Echo or Echo Dot, whatever you have there. Essentially, this sort of smart home personal assistant that also enables shopping. Now, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you know this, but Google has partnered with Walmart in Canada. So if you go to shop um, using the Google Home. Uh, you can be taken right to Walmart. And then obviously wow. the Amazon uh, Echo using Alexa is just connected directly to the Amazon shopping network, sure. right? Sure. Um, so it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I am somebody who, who definitely um, – subscribes to that that new way of shopping uh you know i i live in a in a condo deep uh, downtown in toronto so i've I've got a i've got somebody at the front desk who can accept packages when i'm not around so i I can really kind of take this on um you know head first and back in the day and this comes from you know when i was when i was at uh, procter and gamble you spend a lot of time trying to make sure that your product is positioned properly within a store so that a consumer will see it when he or she's walking down an aisle. But if you think about it now and where we're going with this is that if somebody uses their voice home assistant to shop, there is no aisle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that really changes the, the dynamic mm. in terms of you know brands' relationships with the retailers that they're um, they're selling through, as well as retailers and the relationships they have with their customers. So um, so I think that's a really big challenge going forward. Um, and we're seeing some retailers kind of getting into the game earlier than earlier than others. Uh, and I think that that whole world is going to develop and and change drastically as as more and more people kind of get into this. Uh, connected, voice-activated lifestyle. Uh, the the second area within this is VR. Now, I know that we've been talking about VR for for a while now, and VR isn't necessarily a new technology, but it's developing really, really quickly. Uh, last year at DX3, we had an entire zone dedicated to VR where we showed- Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, it was great. We, we had a bunch of different vendors come in and showcase ways in which VR is being used outside of just entertainment and gaming, right? That's what you think when you think VR. But it was amazing. We had one company come in and they showcased um, a real estate application. So let's say you're moving to London, England. That's an expensive trip to go shopping for an apartment before you land. You can go yes. to a realtor's office here in Toronto and actually take 360 um, VR tours of a bunch of different apartments and sign a lease without ever ever having stepped foot in that mm. in that apartment, right? So that was one mm. example. There was a bunch of other ones. You know, there's a company that was there that had done a, a a tour, a VR tour of the brand new United Airlines first class experience. experience in a Boeing plane that actually hasn't yet been built. So they're in the, (laughs) yeah, they're in the process of building that and yet they can create a VR tour of what that'll be like. So think about, you know, anything luxury going forward, you can actually start selling a product before it's finished. Yeah. So, so that's really interesting. And then the last thing I'll say about that is that Jack Ma from Alibaba in China, um, I think it was either earlier this year or late last year, or sorry, excuse me, we're in 2018 now, I keep forgetting. Um, <laughs> uh, either late 2016 or early 2017, he announced that they were investing a ton of money into uh, a kit that would essentially help Alibaba vendors create their own VR store much like people today would create a store on mm. Shopify. And so if you can imagine, that opens up a massive world of stores 
that 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 don't exist in any physical location. And that VR shopping experience, while we're still we're still not quite there in terms of, you know, buying a dress, for example, you mentioned. I don't think that's ever really the same uh, versus when you're on on kind of VR. Sure, but it is something that is rapidly changing, and people are using that, as I mentioned in those examples, um, to start selling stuff. So those are those are two two things around kind of taking the shopping experience out of the store. Um, the next the next area in the area that might be a little more exciting for um, for some of our, our listeners who are kind of in the retail space is integrating technology into the store into that bricks and mortar experience mm-hmm. so there's a partner that um, we're working with and I, I don't think I can I can mention who they are just yet because we're, we're still working on the final details sure. but it's all good they're a great tech company based out of Toronto and they work with a lot of uh, large retailers and brands and they worked with again a retailer that I can't mention the name of they're they're a very large shoe brand um, um, and this shoe brand came to this tech vendor and said, hey, we, we know that when somebody tries on a pair of shoes, they've got an 80% chance that they will then buy it, right? So what we want you guys to solve is not necessarily how to sell more shoes, but how to get more people to try on shoes, right which on. is a really interesting challenge. And so these guys developed this amazing system. I've tried it myself where the bottom of these shoes have um, a little, little barcode stuck to it, right? On the display. And you pick it up and you walk over to this scanner and you scan the bottom of the shoe. And then next to that is a massive screen. Uh, it's actually just a flat screen TV that has um, something rigged up to it that turns it into a touch screen. But it pulls up a lookbook of all these different looks uh, and fashion looks with this pair of shoes. And it'll show you all the different colors that shoe comes in, all the different sizes that they have in the back at that location. So you can immediately tell if they have it in your size. And let's say, for example, you know, you're a size 11, you want to try it on, you click that, somebody in the back gets a notification that somebody front of house at that particular screen wants to try on this shoe, this color, this size. And one of the store associates has an iPad that notifies them. So they walk over and they talk to you and they give you a really great shopping experience where they're there with you the whole time rather than leaving you at a chair so they can go to the back. And while they're talking with you, that person in the back comes out with the shoes. And so they, they've already seen a ton of results in terms of that increasing the number of try-ons. And wouldn't you know it, revenue in, in, in those stores has drastically increased. So, oh, wow. so more to come on that. And I'll be sure to let you know when we can announce um, this particular partner. That's one example of some of the tech they're using. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And that's a great example of how technology is changing that in-store experience for consumers, I think, for the better. Yeah, I do too. Well, ultimately, the more you can engage the consumer in their buying buying experience, uh, I think that's good for everybody all around. So I think that's a reference point you're making. Um, you've talked a lot about Amazon. Well, you've talked about it, reference Amazon, reference Walmart, Lulu, uh, Alibaba, and so on. What about the, you know, and then we're going to get into, uh, you referenced something about startups transforming and not destroying bricks and mortar. But what about, you know, the, the, the one shop location? Location. Um, oh, there's a general store. I forget the name of the, the, the Drake General Store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. take the Drake General Store. Mm-hmm. You know, is there value for the Drake General Store to come to the DX3? Well, I, I've, I've got to believe there is because they come every year. 
Uh, so. <laughs> a great story, it really is. But, but, so, so when I when I say I say the Jake General Store, I, I say them as representing. I know, I you know. know. <laughs> so, so uh, that's a great answer, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just messing around. But yeah, no, they, sure. they, they've come out, but they're, you know, they, they're actually they're, they're a growing, um, growing chain. You know, they've, uh, they've got, they've mm. got a few different properties within the, the Drake General Store. You know, they're, they're now, um, there's, they've got a location in the Hudson's Bay downtown, and I believe they've got. Yes. Um, there's a few others now, so they're, they're, they're growing, but, um, in terms of, I, I get your question in terms of the kind sure. of individual store, absolutely there's value in coming. And that's where I think the ex- exhibition and the show floor really provides value because right. you've got all these different service providers that can help, um, business owners of all sizes in terms of improving their business. So a, a couple things that they can do. One is they come there. There's lots of different um, agencies, service providers, uh, what have you, that are experts in how to best use the various social platforms that exist uh, to best get your brand or your re- your retailer uh, or your retail uh, locations out there. So, you know, one of the one of the keynotes we had last year at DX3 was um, the vice president of marketing from Pinterest, and he right. was talking all about you know the the discovery process that Pinterest is so well known for and yes. how they're moving towards driving people towards action. Right. So if you, yes. if you put up some great, let's say for example, you know, you're a boutique fashion retailer. If you put up some great photos of some of the clothes that you've designed on Pinterest, the next step for him would be to make that as shoppable as possible and lead that over to, let's say an e-commerce mm-hmm. version of your store. Right. Mm, um, so that's, or, or even better, a virtual reality version of oh, your yeah. story. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be mm. incredible. Right. So, mm. so, so there's that. But then you also have to think about uh, when somebody comes into your store, the experience they have uh, buying from you. You know, you've already you've already seen uh, companies come out that enable sort of fast transactions in store. You know, people like Moneris, people like Square um, with, with around the payments. And I think the the sort of the model for that is the Apple store. When they first introduced, no one was doing it, and they first introduced the idea that all of their uh, store associates would have essentially an iPhone that could, could accept payment from you anywhere in the store. So stuff like that, that I think is just becoming the norm now for people that are getting into the retail market, um, getting into kind of one store ownership or several store ownership, that if you were to come to DX3, you'd see the latest and greatest in that and get to talk to some experts who work with tons of store owners like yourselves and have a pretty good understanding of what works well for different categories. Right. Right. I love it. Best practices. And that mm-hmm. reinforces the point about what we were talking about a little earlier about getting out and going to these shows to have these in-depth conversations that uh, ultimately engage you in opportunity. I think so, um, yeah. You've uh, you've you've had uh, and, and please take this the right way when I ask it. There's a reason I ask it. Are you a Canadian? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. Because your your background is very vast with working with global organizations such as Red Bull, Walmart, Beam Centauri, Estee Lauder, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's a cool journey. So, dude, what what brought you to DX3? What was the attraction piece that you said, I need to go there? Do you know, it's really interesting. Um, when I was uh, working at uh, Stinson Design, which is, in my opinion, the, the best design agency in the world, um, a good friend of mine uh, is is the uh, the CEO and, and co-founder. 
And nice. um, we actually we actually used to work together at, at PNG. So uh, they've got an amazing team, and we actually you know proudly work with them at DX3. Um, and so when I was over there, uh, the opportunity arose for some of my clients at the time to speak at DX3, and they said, "Hey, can you help me put something together uh, for this presentation?" And so in 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 doing that, I was able to go check out the event. And this is what I mean by put yourself out there when you go to these sort of events, get yourself, uh, you know, fully immersed in all the networking opportunities that exist because you never know how it could change your career. In this yes. case, um, and this particular year, DX3 2016, I believe it was, um, there was a networking sort of tool that was available for attendees at the uh, the show. And there were, um, you had the ability to do these things. They're called brain dates. And a few different uh, conferences use them. Uh, I know DX3's mm-hmm. used in the past. So this particular year we did them um, and uh, I decided to sign up for two of them. One of them was with a guy who was just talking about uh, kind of career development. And then the other one was with the director of content at DX3 to talk about, uh, I believe it was um, using content as part of your marketing. And these are, uh, sorry to interrupt, Eric, these are one-on-one conversations, not necessarily group conversation. Yeah, 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 one-on-one chats. So so the first one that I went to uh, with a guy named Jesse, uh, he and I chatted. Ended up going way over our coffee chat, and to this day, <laughs> to this day, he's still one of my closest friends. Nice. Um, so, so he and I, he had, both of our careers have totally changed. He lives like a block away from me, and we we try to get together once every couple weeks. Um, so it's amazing. So I, I, you know, I got what I hope will be a, lo- a lifelong friend out of that first conversation, and then the of second course. conversation um, with the director of content at the time, we became really close and just hit it off, and ended up going out for drinks a bunch of times uh, over the course of the next few. <laughs> few months. <laughs> then that gentleman had, uh, he, he had his first child and he decided that he wanted to kind of get into the, the, the tech space, um, from, from a product perspective and decided that wait it was, minute, wait, wait a minute now he has a child and that's how he decides. To yeah, I guess so. Over. It was, you know, <laughs> maybe it was a coincidence, but I think at the time he just said, you know what, this is, this is something I want to do. I want to, I want to make a move. You know, he'd been at DX3 yeah. for a while. He's like, I want to make a move into sort of managing a tech, a tech product or, uh, or a service. Right. And right. so he called me up and he said, Hey, can we get together for coffee? And I got together with coffee with him and he goes, I'm going to be leaving. I think you should take over uh, and you should, you should do what I did for DX3. And I I think you'd be a great fit. And so that, that process started and a month later they had, uh, they had hired me. So, uh, you know, I'm a living example of how getting Mm. at, getting yourself out there at, at conferences and networking events, uh, you know, meetups, whatever they are, can open up doors for your career uh, and your personal development that you would never be able to understand, um, you know, going into it. it it's, you know, to, to quote Steve Jobs from his uh, Stanford uh, commencement speech, you know, he said that you can, you can always, uh, or see, you, there's a, a million different ways of getting from point A to point B. And you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect nope. the dots looking back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, so, so true. So here's the folklore question I got to ask you. I heard that when Red Bull was starting out, and you may or may not know the answer, but when they were starting out, they would take empty cans and they would go to bars and they would start to place these empty cans all over the tables. And uh, and then people would say, oh my gosh, what are these? What's what's this? What's this? And then they would get the empty cans once they're thrown out in the garbage and go to the next bar the next night. Is that true? (laughs) You know what? I I don't know. (laughs) I've, 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 never heard that that's 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 amazing 
guerrilla marketing right there. Just and people say, what's this stuff? What's this stuff? And of course they were all empty. So no, oh. so people had to ask, what is this? And then the owners of the bars would say, oh my gosh, well, this is, uh, we got to find out what this is because people are asking us to bring it into their operation. Oh, that's like a, a folklore. Eh? That's amazing. I've never heard that story before, but. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the, um, uh, your next favorite conference to go to as Eric, uh, besides the DX3 that you say, this is a must go for me as Eric Mercer. Ooh, that is a tough question. That is a very <laughs> tough question. Do you know what, you know what I, th- I think it has to be for me, um, is anything to do with, uh, Ted. So, ah. so, so Ted, Ted is, and I've had a, I make it sound like it's a guy. Uh, Ted, the Ted, the Ted brand and the Ted conferences have have had a huge impact on my life personally. Um, you know, it was amazing. I listened to a speaker, and actually, this is this is actually a, a quick quick plug for this guy because because um, I, I owe him a lot. Uh, there's a, there's an amazing Canadian speaker by the name of Drew Dudley. And mm-hmm. when I was in university, um, I was, I went to Western and I was studying business there, oh, cool. uh, for the first time ever Western, a group of people got together and they brought TEDx to Western to TEDx. Yes. And, uh, and I remember I went to TEDx UWO and he gave this amazing speech. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called the list. And it's all about how, uh, you know, we as a society have kind of created this list by which each person needs to kind of live their life by. There's a bunch of different, it's basically a checklist of things you need to accomplish over the course of your life. And at the time, you know, in, in business school, I was heavy into, um, recruiting season to get a, to get an internship or a job. It's a very stressful time and it's, it can be a little cutthroat. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, I was really stressed out. And, uh, when I heard this talk, it was like a punch in the face and it was something I absolutely needed. Uh, and I just, I was so grateful for having heard it. And I, and when it, when it came out on YouTube, I sent it to everybody I knew, uh, and, cool. it, and it affected them in the same way. So here's, here's another great example. Uh, just earlier last year, TEDx Toronto happened. Uh, and, uh, one of the, one of the organizers, um, mm. one of the co-chairs is actually a neighbor of ours, uh, at our, at our office at DX3. Uh, he was a great, great guy. And he, he, he chatted with me about, you know, working in that venue cause we had done some stuff in the venue and, uh, and, and offered, offered me a pass to go see the, the conference. And so we went there uh, and I didn't really want to spend my entire day because I had a lot to do, but I heard a few of the talks and I thought they were amazing. And I thought, you know what, let me just, I'm going to stay for the entire thing because what if I hear somebody talk just like mm. Drew? What, what if I hear something mm. that happened? So we went on there and I, and I did hear that. I heard, I heard an incredible talk from a gentleman who's um, suffering from cere- cerebral palsy and it's all about kind of living every moment you have to its fullest. So I was so inspired and I walked away from that going, this is amazing. And as I'm walking out of the theater, I see Drew Dudley sitting in uh-huh. front of me. And so I walked over to him and I just said, Hey, I, you know, I walked past him thinking oh, maybe I won't. And then I just double back. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had to yeah, talk yeah. to him. So I, w- I walked up to yeah. him and talked to him. I said, Hey, <laughs> Drew, you don't know me. Uh, I heard you speak at Western, you know, way back in, I forget what year it was. And I heard your talk, the list. And I just want you to know how much that changed my life and how much that, that changed the course of what I set out to do with my career. And he kind of just looked up to me and said, you know what? I, I really needed to hear that today. You know, thank wow. you. He said, thank you so much. Your timing uh, is impeccable. And, and I said to him, yeah, so was yours. And he, wow. uh, he stood up and just gave me a huge hug. Um, nice. he ended up having a drink later that night. We're now connected and, and chatting and he's, he's doing some amazing stuff in trying to sort of foster Canadian leadership. Um, and he runs an, an awesome course, which he's allowed me to kind of jump in and take. So, yeah. you know, sorry, wow. long answer, but that's a great, no, great example of how answer, that can, could really affect your life. Right. Mm, yeah, beautiful so answer. A lot of love to Ted. Uh, 
It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a couple of things come out of that conversation. One is I have to give a shout out to Western. My son's actually in the media information technology program right oh, now. No way. There. Yeah, yeah. I've got lots so, of friends who came out of MIT. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. And so in my head, I'm going, okay, I got to get him to your conference. The second part is, is, you know, it's so cool how things are transformed with regards to relationships. I mean, you know, he got up and gave me a hug. Now think about that 30 years ago. If you would have said that on a on, on a radio interview show, yes, and Rivers got up and he gave me a big hug. As a guy <laughs> to a guy, people say, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. You know, men don't do that. But I think it's so cool, the, the social engagement, the personal engagement piece, it's it's becoming much more intimate and it, the genders don't matter anymore as much as, you know, we got the me too situation happening down south of the border, but that's, right. uh, that's so cool. So, so, so cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, You've referenced another question for me, which was, you know, someone who's not necessarily in retail, someone who isn't necessarily in digital marketing uh, or a a hybrid of the two. There's value in them going to the DX3 just from, again, that networking piece because of just those that nugget of information, that hug hug opportunity to continue on. No, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true, right? It's it's so so powerful. Well, I think think Um, if you're in in business in general, uh, I think that there's a lot that you can learn from conferences uh, like this. Like, I'll give you a great example uh, quickly. I, I was recently invited to go to the uh, Global Real Estate Forum, which was uh, yes. a few months ago. Now, I'm, I'm not in real estate. I'm not in investments. and not any of that. I learned a ton when I was there, and I loved it. And I actually ran into some people yeah. that I knew. It was awesome. So yeah, wow. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily discount yourself from any conference if it's not in your field. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I for example, I I would love to get out to a medical conference just to see what's going on in that space uh, personally, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I remember a long time ago, a friend of mine, she was a midwife uh, in New York, and uh, she invited me to go to a conference of midwif- midwives, and she got us in the front row, and the guy was talking about contraception, you, you inject it into your arm or something like that. Oh and wow! I was just enamored by the whole process. But the funny thing about that story is, as as the as the guy is speaking, and I'm, you know, one of the only male in the audience because of midwives, my friend is fast asleep in the chair beside me. (laughs) Oh my God, Pixie, wake up. And so, Eddie, but you're right. I I mean, I I found that intriguing, very interesting. And I've never never lost sight of that uh, today. So uh, I think when you go to without expectations, that's when you really get value from it. Totally. cool. Yeah. Um, So Eric, uh, you have uh, referenced about startups transforming, not destroying bricks and mortar. And I'm going to quote, this is from the, uh, the great research our team's done. Oh yeah. You're saying, you're saying these innovative companies are starting online and moving to bricks and mortar are bringing their interesting technology in the ways they're engaging consumers into the store. First of all, you know, that's, that's typically not the way we think of how business works. We think it's bricks and mortar to online. That's right. Um, can you talk around that reference point in that in that statement you made? Yeah, totally. So I think um, at the time when I was uh, during that interview, um, we were talking about a co- you know a couple great examples. Uh, are companies like Warby Parker? Are you familiar with Warby Parker? 
No, sir. Okay, so Warby Parker is um, one of the, I think they've grown to be one of the largest glasses retailers uh, across the United States. Yeah, so uh, I might be getting this wrong, but it's four grads from Wharton Business School uh, who decided to get into this this industry. And I remember that they, reading about it, they went to one of their professors and asked him to invest in the company. And he told them that, you know, this is never going to work. It's now now worth something like, it's over a billion dollars now. And that guy has been quoted saying, this is the worst mistake I've ever made. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so what, what these guys recognized was that, you know, whenever you go and buy uh, a brand name, uh, of, of glasses, you know, Prada or, or Armani or something like that, realistically, all you're doing is you're buying glasses from a company called Luxottica. They're the sort of largest glasses manufacturer in the world. And they're very well known for just licensing brands and selling them in retail locations. And on top of that, most of the retailers that you go to, to buy glasses are also owned by Luxottica. So there's a reason why glasses are you know, four to six to $700. And it's not because they're expensive to make. So, so these guys basically said, okay, we're going to get in this game. We're going to vertically integrate. So we're going to own every part of the supply chain and the operations and, and, and get into this. We're going to sell online and we're going to seriously undercut this giant and offer great styles to people. So they did that. It was available in the States. And the model they had was, um, if you're interested in trying on some frames, you let us know, we'll send you five frames for free. You try them all on and you send them back and then you can make your order. So you can see what they look like on your face. Uh, at the time in Canada, they didn't have that option. You just upload a photo of yourself and kind of do the measurements, which is what I did. And I ended up buying a pair, $140 for prescription glasses. Wow. At the time, yeah. at the time. They yeah, now, so yeah, yeah. They're now, yeah. they're now, a, a, there's a variance because obviously certain, <laughs> certain lenses cost more, but still they're on, they're under 300 bucks. Right. Um, you know, I'm currently wearing a pair by a company called Bailey Nelson, which is the same idea, but they came out of Australia and Warby has now, I, I forget the number. I believe it's like 70 retail locations across the States, but they now have storerooms and they've actually just opened one, uh, within the last year on Queen Street West, West here in, in Toronto where you can go in and wow. you can try these glasses on. So that's an example mm. of how they've moved from growing online to going into store. Another great Canadian example is Frank and Oak, right? Yes, uh, yes. Started out online. I remember, you know, one of my colleagues mm-hmm. when I was at P&G, a good friend of mine is French Canadian. He was um, totally, you know, they're based out of Montreal. So he was totally into this and he was buying all their clothes and always looked better than me at the office. Uh, and then, uh, and then eventually, <laughs> and then eventually, um, they, they went into, uh, wait a minute. I got to pause you there. Did he yeah. always look better than you, according to you or the other people in the office? Uh, both. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so they, they now have a ton of retail locations, uh, and they've, they've done some amazing mm. things like, you know, here in Toronto, the one on queen street, which actually isn't far from the Warby Parker store. Um, they're integrated with a, a great chain, uh, Jimmy's coffee. And, mm. uh, you can, you can, you can get a coffee and then go around and shop the store. And so I, you know, I own lots of clothes from there. They're, they're, they're great. Um, yeah, the cool. last one, and this is more of sort of the, the large innovative companies. I'm not sure if you've seen, um, you know, the, the example video, but, uh, Amazon go is, uh, is still currently in concept, but I think we'll, we'll see move, uh, into the mainstream pretty quickly. But this, and this may have to do with their acquisition of, of Whole Foods. We're not too sure yet. Um, but right. they essentially have this store where, you know, you're, you're hooked up um, to your account via either facial recognition or something on your phone. But basically you walk in the store, the store has cameras everywhere that are linked up to, I'm assuming some sort of neural network. And um, they're recognizing you and you go around and you take things off the shelf. And as soon as you take things off the shelf, um, it's, it's, uh, debited to your account, right? So it's, it's, you know, quote unquote added to your cart. 
and you walk around the store and as soon as you put something back on the shelf, for example, it gets taken out of your cart. But when you're done, you just walk out the store. And you, <laughs> Wild. Yeah. And when you walk out of the store, that's when you quote unquote check out and, and your account is, is charged for those things. So it eliminates the need for, you know, uh, long lines in terms of checkouts. And it also eliminates, um, you know, a, a, I think a cool innovation, but um, you know, could be, could be short lived is the sort of self checkout that we see at yeah. a lot of different stores. Sure. This eliminates all of that. Right. Yes. Now, obviously it's, it's quite expensive to do this. Um, and I think it'll be weird at first for people that are going in. Like, yeah, I would definitely feel like yeah. I'm stealing at first. Um, but, <laughs> well, yeah. Or I would think, Hey, you know, how do I know they actually didn't charge me for something that I put back? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, th- but this is a great example of, you know, if, if that is in fact going to be in the cards for the near future, that's a great yeah. example you know, a large company that, that typically is, is online creating more bricks and mortar. Cause just because there aren't cashiers doesn't mean that there aren't going to be lots of jobs, uh, in, yes. in one of those stores. Right. Yes. Um, so they're changing the experience. They're not necessarily wow. destroying bricks and, and mortar. They're just, they're just altering it. Uh, so, cool. so yeah, sorry, long witted answer, but lots of no, cool no, examples. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's get back to the DX three. Uh, one is, um, before I, uh, forget, uh, give us the, the connection and we're going to make sure that this show is out before March so that oh, uh, we can yeah. get, yeah, we can get the right focus on it. Uh, how do people buy tickets, connect with you, all that kind of stuff. I want to make sure. I, and then I got one more question for you. Yeah, totally. So, so um, you can head over, if you're interested in, in, in purchasing tickets for the show, you can head over to dx3canada.com. Um, check out the website. You can check out you know what the what's on the agenda, um, the speakers we've got lined up. That's consistently uh, going to be changing for the next month or so. We're adding more and more people, making more announcements. You know, you can follow us across all of our different social channels. We're on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. You named it, uh, and all all of those uh, those links are on our website. Uh, in terms of passes, if you are thinking about bringing a team to DX3, so more than four people, there is uh, there is a discount for that, and that's actually the best price you can get for a pass, um, which will give you access to all of the, the great speakers and content we've got lined up. That's brilliant, man. I just uh, sent my son a message to uh, make sure he, he goes to that website. Yeah, so perfect. here's a question for you. Um, last year, what was the one thing that came out of the conference last year you said, man, that's fucking cool? Well, so are you, and, and maybe this is open-ended, but are you are you thinking about um, technology per se, like some tech we had or like something that was said in the in the content? Great question. What was impactful on Eric Mercer? Ah, okay. So I think that the um, my sort of favorite part of the conference, and this is it's funny. I might be a little biased because these are the only two sessions that I actually get to sit and listen to. Um, <laughs> so the rest of the time, there's multiple sessions happening uh, throughout throughout the show, so I'm I'm just running around all over the place. Um, but because I have to introduce them, and because I'm I'm also responsible for the question and answer period, the two keynotes that we had last year were great. And so yes, um, the first one was uh, at the time he's he's since moved, but at the time the global CIO of IBM, uh, Warren Tomlin, who who remains a good friend. Actually, I was just, I was just texting him before this uh, this this interview. Uh, and let me guess, you've you've had drinks with him. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're it's both, a common theme, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're both we're both big fans of music, so we've gone to, to check out some some live music shows in Toronto before. Cool, um, cool. Yeah, no matter no matter how senior an executive is, they they're still you know pretty yeah. pretty cool people. So so they so, really are. Yeah, yeah. He he was he was amazing. He came up and he spoke about 
um, experience as kind of the North Star, the customer experience as a North Star. And he gave a bunch of great examples of work that, that IBM had been doing with some of their clients as well as on the, the Watson program uh, about how if you as a business leader, and this is a great example of where it doesn't matter if you're in marketing or retail, um, if you as a business leader are, are trying to grow and f- fulfill the needs of your customers in the best possible way, the only way that you can do that or the best way you can do that is if you constantly keep their experience at the center of all your decision making. And the way that he presented that was just brilliant. So he, wow. he was awesome. And then on the second day, um, vice president of marketing uh, and communications at Pinterest, Eric Edge, ah, great, great, yeah. great guy. He he actually, like flew, he flew up um, from San Francisco to speak at DX3. And then as soon as he finished, he had to leave and head down to, to Austin for South by Southwest. But this guy, yeah. this guy, it was like, wasn't on his way. And he came all the way up here just to nice. talk to our audience. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. incredible. And that, we, I alluded to that a little earlier, but that was taking yeah. consumers from kind of discovery to action. So, so creating, yeah. creating an experience that moves people towards, you know, wanting to take some sort of action. And, and maybe that's purchasing, maybe that's liking you on social, maybe that's signing up for one of your newsletters or downloading a, a white paper, but, you know, constructing that process and, and helping somebody when they discover something that you offer that they like, um, you know, take it that one step further. And I thought he did, he did a brilliant job of that and had a lot of people really fired up. So I think those, again, cool. I, I'm probably biased because those only ones I actually got to see. Yeah, but, 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 were, but it was my question to you, right? Yeah, this, yeah, is all, this, yeah. is, this is this is this is the Eric Merxer question. <laughs> Eric, uh, you know, I started my uh, my intro to you uh, by saying we're just thrilled to introduce you, and dude, I it was it's been a thrill ride. Oh, thank um, you. Likewise, yeah, th- th- appreciate all your time. Keep doing amazing stuff. Uh, I'm, you know, I I got to get to the DX3, but I've also what you know, what, amongst all the magic of the DX3 and all the wondrous. Uh, value propositions and so on. You have resonated with me again. Get out to these events. Um, and because you never know, because I mean, all these little side relationships you have value, you have created and an opportunity to have value, long-term relationship with these people beyond simply the DX3 is, uh, is really resonated with me too. And I think with our audience, I think it's an important piece. We tend to hide behind the Facebooks and the Twitters and so on. And don't really get out with the eyeball to eyeball enough. Yeah. So, you definitely uh, need that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a thrill. It's been a thrill. Awesome. Eric Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the content and marketing director at DX3. You know how to get a you know how to get a hold of DX3. How about you personally? Yeah. So if you if you head over to the website and you hit up our contact page, you'll have my my email and phone number right there. So if you ever want to reach cool. out, uh, feel free. Cool. Well, you may get some uh, folks after this. And, uh, <laughs> I hope sure. so. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks for your time, dude. All right. Thanks so much, Rivers. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hey, I'm Devin Brooks, co-founder of Blow Blow Dry Bar, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. There's life coaching. There's all kinds of coaches in the world. I mean, I hear this. I hear this. And trust me, I believe in the in the in the, the value proposition of life coaching. But for our audience that just 
kind of said, okay, life coaching, life coaching. I don't get it. What's the what's the value proposition of life coaching? Forget about the technology that you're going to bring in to have it at the click of a button. Why would someone be interested or should be interested in having a life coach? Yeah, absolutely. You know, coaching, coaching is really about elevating the EQ. It's about being able to rinse through what is blocking you from defining, articulating and achieving your ambitions and goals. So this is really about, you know, enhancing the experience of personal development, making it customized, convenient and powerful. And that's our mission Mm -hmm. with Sphere is to offer an experience um, that truly um, makes being in your leadership and and elevating yourself as an individual and growing uh, consistently the act, taking the act of seeking and making it something that you can do regularly with an entourage who's there to support you on demand. And, you know, that's really when you when you dial it back and you look at all of the most successful people in the world. Those people have entourages and individuals who are probably on payroll most of the time that are there to help them stay true to and accountable to their vision for themselves and their businesses. And I sat there and I thought, why are people waiting until they're making six figures, responsible for hundreds of team members to start thinking about elevating their EQ and growing on the regular and staying in and addressing their leadership day to day? And how can I build something that makes this available for everybody and not just, you know, exclusive to somebody who can afford coaching at thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. 